I'm excited today to introduce a very special guest, Larry Hagner. From hosting his own podcast, The Dad Edge Podcast, to authoring books and creating impactful programs, communities, and more, Larry has established himself as a leading authority on modern parenting. I personally followed The Dad Edge for years and have found immense personal value from all the great work they do. The mission of The Dad Edge organization is to empower men to live and lead legendary lives. The Dad Edge empowers men to create legendary marriages, create epic connections with our kids, master our personal finances, optimize our health, and become a leader within their family. Welcome to Wellbeing Starts Here, the transformative podcast brought to you by Wellbeing. Are you a busy professional striving for a modern, comprehensive well-being experience? Are you tired of the status quo? Do you want more for your life? Well, Wellbeing was built for you. We know that nobody's got time to scour the internet for the best advice covering topics like fitness, finance, mindfulness, and hundreds more. That's why we've gathered the creme de la creme of experts all in one place just for you. Create an account for free today at wellbe.ai. Don't wait. Start your transformative journey today. I'd love for you just kind of maybe introduce yourself for those that haven't listened to the, the Dad Edge or, or yourself in the past. Yeah, so I'll start with, uh, you know, the order, right, uh, of how I introduce myself. I am a husband and a dad first. That is what I do. I've been married to my soulmate, my best friend, my my partner in crime, uh, my workout partner, my wife, and that's Jessica. I've known her now for 27 years. We've been married for 20 years. We've got four boys, 17, 15, 9, and 7. Um Yes, I host the Dad Edge podcast, the Dad Edge movement, the organization. Uh, I am not only the founder and the host, but I'm the first guy in line as a client to constantly learn. And that's how I literally view the 1100 episodes that I have under my belt is it's just it's it's totally 100 percent a learning community. And I'm I just view myself as a student in the front row of of being able to crowdsource the wisdom from, from the hosts or from the guests that I bring on. And every day, man, every day there's something that I learned and it's either somebody from an expert. It could be a guy who's doing life with us, a client in our community. I'll hear a guy speak up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's gold. Right. And it comes from a client. Sometimes it's even coming from my kids, you know, of, of, of a lesson learned, you know? And so, yeah, I, I, I will never tell you that I've got this whole thing figured out. Uh, I'm constantly learning every day. I'm constantly making mistakes. I'm fresh off of a huge mistake this morning that I made. I'm happy to talk about that if you want, but, uh, <laughs> that, that is my role, man. And as far as like, just as, just to, to level set, you know, the dad edge podcast and the brand, I mean, we've been around, like I said, now for eight years in the podcasting space, we've been the number one dad podcast for five years running, um, and on iTunes and Spotify. And uh, we've had some amazing guests on. And then as far as like our members go, we've got about a thousand members who do life with us on the daily. In our in our mastermind, we help men with marriage, parenting, mindset, health, and finances. But uh, that's that's it. Yeah, I think that, that was one of the things that I think drew me to your show is the breadth of topics you guys get into. I mean, you've really had guests and you've kind of explored so many different things. I mean, I, I personally, I'd like on the physical side, I'd like I, I tried the hard challenge because of heard it on there. I was wanting to try something new. And we, we talk about that later too. That was a crazy, crazy thing. If, if you ever go in and you do that, the hard challenge. Um, 
But I, I think it's curious now that you've had such an exposure to a broad range of topics just to kind of help for their mission, be the best parent. When you think about that, like if you had to disseminate it down to just what, like, how would you describe what well-being sort of looks like, like based off kind of that broad thing, like what, what is, what, what comes to mind when you think about that? So I'll answer that two different ways. And one is perspective and one is non-negotiables. So let me start with non-negotiables, right? So I'm, I, I run, you know, a seven-figure organization. I have more than a hundred people on my payroll. Um, I, I lead our teams. I have my own clients. You know, we've got our own clients and group coaching, a podcast. I speak, I travel and, you know, there's a lot that's vying for my attention. I'm not saying that I, I don't have more or less than the average guy. I mean, there are guys who have way more thrown at them than I do. And then there have guys that might have a little less, but it doesn't matter because if you're a husband and a father and a man, you've got a lot that's thrown at you. I don't, I don't, it doesn't really matter what's going on. So the non-negotiable piece, uh, many men, you know, what we do is we, some of us have non-negotiables and some of us don't. And for, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with perspective. My non-negotiables are definitely in the morning. So I have the same morning routine. Uh, one of my non-negotiables is every single morning for 10 minutes, I get into scripture. You know, I'm a faith-based person. Scripture is very important to me. And I love nothing more than hearing Jonathan Romey read me the daily gospel and then helping me get into a 10-minute prayer session with God. I do that on the way to the gym. That's that's a non-negotiable. And then I hit, then I go to the gym. For me, fitness, being physically fit, mentally fit, emotionally fit, that is a non-negotiable. Uh, because the better I am as far as physically, mentally, emotionally, the more I can take, the more I can do, the better I can be, more I can be productive. And so that's a non-negotiable for me. And I think a lot of guys, they'll sidestep their, their physical fitness because we have this perception of like, I have to give every bit into my family, my workplace. I don't have time. And what I always tell guys is, man, you don't have time not to. And I'm not saying physically fit, like you're chasing the abs and being lean and all that. For me, my kids ask me all the time, like, why do you train every day? I was like, I train every day because I have to get my mind and emotions right. I was like, the physical benefits, honestly, man, are just a bonus at this point. Even if I did not get physical benefits, I'd still do it. That's a non-negotiable. Another non-negotiable is having connected, deep conversations with everybody in my family every single day. And that usually the launching pad for an incredible conversation is what we call a skill that we teach, which is called generative questions, right? And it's not, how was your day? I don't, I don't, I, I, I stay as far away from that question as I can. I try to get really deep and I try to generate a connection. That's why they're called generative questions, generate connection, generate visions, generate experiences. I'll ask my kids questions like, tell me a part, tell me a part of your day that made you smile. Tell me a part of your day that was really, really tough on you. Tell me a part of the day where you failed. Tell me a part of the day you're proud of things like that to get them talking. Uh, my wife is the same way. So that's not negotiables. Yeah. Uh, we have conversations every day. The, other, the And the last thing I'll tell you is perspective, right? So I said non-negotiables and perspective. I really think a lot of us, me included, when I first became a father, when I first became married, my perspective on this was so off. In other words, no matter what we do for a living, think about that. If you're a police officer, you go to six months of police academy. If, you, if you're a firefighter, you go through the academy. If you want to be a surgeon, you go to medical school. Uh, then you go to residency and fellowship, you know, all these things, no matter what you do at your job, even if you're in IT, you're trained on that. Being a father, being a husband, marriage, communication, connection, creating an environment of psychological safety, being a better leader. 
these are the things in our perspective. We're like, well, I shouldn't have to learn that stuff. It should be in the second nature. And if I need help, isn't that a ding on me? Isn't, isn't that, am I weak? Am I this, am I that? And the answer to that is no. If fatherhood, communication, connection, um, being playful, being humorous, like connecting with your wife, building and creating intimacy through better conversations and connections and all these things, man, it's a skill. And if our perspective is, well, I should just wing it. Well, yeah. think of, think about how that works out in the rest of your life. If you just wing it, right. You, you don't just wing anything that you're good at. You learn it. You, it's a practice. It's a skill. You're constantly sharpening it. And that's the perspective I want to make sure men truly understand. Cause I didn't man for so long. And many of us don't either. Well, uh, first of all, uh, I got, got to address that. Uh, when you talk about generative questions, that's actually something we took and applied in our family when you, when you talked about that. And I have to tell you, I mean, it's, um, it's the difference it makes from just getting an answer. How's your day? Good, good. to like, what is one thing that made you happy today? And taught like it, it changed the way we communicated with our kids. And it was very valuable. Um, so I have to say like, just as person one got a lot of value from that. Um, I, I'm curious too, cause your, your kids are a little bit older. So I I've got a, a daughter. She's, she's five. We've got a, a newborn baby. Um, we just went through adoption. And so he's, he's 10 weeks old. So I, my kids are still, at this earlier stage of life. And so I want to maybe ask you as somebody that's kind of gone through multiple stages of life. um, In my twenties, I focused on just obsessing about fitness or work or church. Like I went really hard one way, late twenties. I was like, you know what? I got to find a balance. So that's when I started kind of listening to the podcast and like, how do I find the perfect day, that perfect balance, perfect schedule. But then once we started having kids, one of the things I kind of ran up against was um, kind of accepting maybe there isn't a perfect balance today. Maybe there's like seasons of life almost where you're going to have to sort of change that. So I'm curious as um, I can only speak to trying to find what that stage looks like when you have very young kids, but like as kids kind of grow up, have you seen like those things that you've kind of done in your life kind of evolve or change or what was that kind of experience been like? It's a great question. And that's another really good example of perspective, right? I think the message that we need to send clearly to men without without any hesitation whatsoever is if you're searching for balance, quite frankly, you will never find it ever. Yeah. If you're a husband, man, father, provider, and leader, if you if you have found the magic bullet, I've we've helped over five thousand men uh, through our mastermind or over over the past six years, seven years, right? Um, I've I've spoken to many experts on this topic, right? On, on balance, people who have more titles beyond their name than, than anybody. And all of the messaging has come back the exact same. There is no such thing. And if you're chasing that, you are literally on a treadmill and you won't get to the finish line. So it, in my mind, what I've learned from all these experts and is it's really not about balance. What it's really about is being, is optimization because there are going to be seasons if you're a married man, where your marriage is going to require more of you than what you're putting in in your job. Yeah. There's going to be, thank you, there's going to be times and seasons in your job or your career or whatever it is you do for a living that's going to demand more of you than maybe what you could put into parenting, right? There's going to be times and seasons where you're going to have to put more focus on your health because maybe something's going on that, you know, one of, one of the guys who works for me was just diagnosed with testicular cancer and he's going through that. So like every, like there is no balance with that. He's got to put like full effort into like, I need to get myself better. 
right? Yeah. So marriage is going to take a hit. You know, kids are going to take a hit. Other things in his life are going to take a hit. It's just the way it is. However, if you equip yourself, if you learn, right, skills that make you effective, then quite frankly, the balance of time becomes, doesn't really become an issue as long as you're, you're doing things that are moving. We call them needle movers, right? So like, for instance, right now, as you and I are talking, I'm in a season of really kind of craziness, right? Where I, where I actually have to re really rely on being effective and optimizing and really efficient, right? So like friends, I, and here, I'll give you an example. Five weeks ago, I injured my knee and I don't know what's going on with my knee. All I know is I haven't been able to run. I haven't been able to do the things I normally do. I haven't trained legs in, in five weeks. And that's really taking a hit on my mental health and emotional health. I'm still training, but it's not the way I used to be. But now, now I go to physical therapy twice a week, right? I do, my workouts have changed to where now I'm doing more rehab, right? And that's, that sucks. But at the same time, that area of my life is now requiring more effort and energy and a different direction that I need to go figure out, right? It's no longer like this sort of non-negotiable, super easy thing that I just go in and do for an hour. So that's going on. I just inked a book deal and this book deal, this contract is insanely aggressive. I have to have the entire book done in eight weeks, which blows my mind. I've never written a book in eight weeks, but I have to do it. So that time I went in this morning, I, I, I met with my accountability group and they're like, Hey, Larry, before you get off this call, I want you to time block 12 hours over the next three weeks of hours that you are writing. And I had to do that. Right. So that requires mm -hmm. that, that season, if I'm trying to tip the, the balancing scale from, Hey, I need to work less and be more with the family right now. We're, the, the balance is in the sway of me working more. Right. And I've, I've talked to Jessica about that and she's given me the time and space I need and all that. But here's the thing. So I now have less time with my wife. I have less time with my family. So what do I, so instead of having two hours, right, let's just, let's just call for what is two hours, right? Where I want to balance time. Well, maybe now I have 30 minutes. So I can either choose to be super effective and super intentional and really dialed in on that 30 minutes, or I can waste it, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I don't have the two hours. So what's the point? Or quite frankly, there's a lot of men out there or a lot of human beings out there. It's just like, well, I don't really know how to optimize that time. Right. Yeah. So optimizing that time with my wife might be like, Hey, while you walk the dog today, because my wife walks our dog every day, I was like, can I walk with you? Can I talk with you? Right. And it's 20, 30 minutes. And, mm -hmm. but, but I go to that, that walk with, tell me something I currently do that makes you feel most loved. You know, if, if you were to wave a magic wand and you wanted me to love you better, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. Right. And those are the types of conversations I have with my wife because I want that connection with her. And when we have conversations like that, we have that connection, or I can just walk next to her and not say a word, but that's not effective. And especially if I'm spending, you know, two hours a day writing and not with her, I need to make that 30 minutes really effective. So I know that was kind of a long winded way to answer the question, yeah. but as you're, you're, Time optimization is always going to be seasonal. And if you're chasing balance, quite frankly, you will never find it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can be effective with the time that you have. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious, as as you kind of meet with men and you've got the groups that come through, what what do you think is the one that's 
people aren't investing in enough. I mean, there's there's physical, there's financial, spirit, all of those things. There's the people that are coming to you that are the busy professionals. They got a lot of things going on. Do you see any sort of trends around like, yeah, pretty consistently, people are just under investing in this part of their lives. And that's really driving a lot of their uh, imbalance. That's a great question. And, and I'm going to answer it two different ways. So, you know, glo- let's just globalize it for a second. Yeah. I, I think you have to take men by a case by case basis because we we truly help men in five areas. So managing your family finances better. If you think about it, like how many people actually took a personal finance class in high school yeah. or college? Hardly anybody, right? That's why we have so many issues. Fifty percent of divorces are due to financial arguments, right? So we help men with that, right? Mm-hmm. We also help men create an extraordinary marriage through elevated communication, connection, and intimacy. We teach them. Mm-hmm. 12 skills on how to connect better with their wife, right? Same thing with being a parent. We want that. We want to help men be more resilient, more calm, more effective, more patience, better, better connecting and, and adventure and memories and conversations and creating an environment of psychological safety where your kid views you as like, oh my gosh, dad's the go-to guy. I can tell him anything because he's not going to, it's not going to be blasted with blame, shame, and pain. And that's hard. That's a skill. Yeah. Um, help him with parenting, leadership, and then health. Health is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. So if you take a man, right, if you take 10 different men and you really look at their lives in a fishbowl, chances are they're probably doing pretty well in one or two, right? And then the other three, two or three might need some help, but that's individualized, right? But here's here's where I can really answer the question for you that I think you might be getting at. So we have diehard data, right? We have over 5,000 applications that have come across our desk, so to speak, for men who want to do life with us in our mastermind. And they have to identify out of those five areas, what is most meaningful for them to create success around. 82% mm-hmm. of our guys have identified marriage. I want to create a better relationship with my wife. 82%, eight, 8.2 men out of 10 have identified marriage as the thing that they want most. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you from a global perspective, you know, it's individualized. But yeah. from a data perspective, the thing on the minds and hearts of men is marriage. That's um, that's very insightful. I mean, I, as you look across those two, like we all have our little communities, right? And I find like each of the communities will have their own sort of behaviors that kind of brought you together in the first place, right? Like if you have your small group, you're probably going to have guys that aren't lacking in that area. If you find friends through work probably going to be with people that are really investing a lot of time in that sort of work side. So it's really helpful to kind of hear your bigger, you've got that kind of broader perspective on that. Um, so I'm, uh, that's, that's interesting. So when you think of the the marriage side of things, um, just personally, I, I know there's a lot of my friends that have proactively decided to do um, therapy, couples therapy. Um, some people needed it out of kind of reactionary, something went bad and you've got to do it. But we were kind of counseled pretty early in our marriage um, by an older couple that said, listen, it's not really best if you're waiting till something's wrong. It's really best if you're just investing in it. And that was a good guide for us early. Um, I'm curious, um, when you kind of are pointing people to they want marriage to get better, we talked a little bit about the questions and things like that, but what resources, I mean, are you saying, hey guys, these are some tools that you should be kind of looking at to kind of go maybe learn some of those things that you you just, you didn't have a finance class, go do this. You don't know how to improve your relationship with your wife, maybe go look here. Like what are some tools that you guys like to point people to, to just kind of equip them to be better in some of those areas? 
It's a good question. And I think, again, let me start with this out with perspective. You and your wife have the right perspective, in my opinion, right? Because you're proactive. So <clears throat> let me share some statistics with you because I'm kind of a, I have an undergrad degree in uh, sports medicine with a minor in nutrition. So I'm kind of a science geek. I like data, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you think the percentage of the divorce rate is? Oh, these days, I mean, half. Yeah, it's 50%. Everybody knows that. What people don't know is, well, what's happening with the marriages that stay together? Now, that's been studied. And I'm citing um, surveys and studies that were cited in a book called The Miracle Morning for Couples, which was written by Lance and Brandy Salazar and also Hal Elrod. So a lot of people know who Hal Elrod is. He's the Miracle Morning guy. and But he wrote a book with that, with, with, with that couple, and the, those couples are experts, and they really did their homework. So the 50% that stay together, this is the scary stuff. This is stuff we don't talk about. They're actually divided up equally into camps of 33%, 33%, and 33%. Three camps, one-third, one-third, one-third. One-third of couples that stay together can actually identify their relationship like, like Jessica and I, and it sounds like you guys, as, hey, we're actually happy. Like, <laughs> I love her. She loves me. We communicate well. We're intimate. Like, we're aligned with parenting. Like, gosh, like... I don't know if I change a whole lot. This is pretty darn great. And there is a common denominator in that camp. And I'll get back to that in a second. The mm -hmm. second camp is settled. That's, that's the label they put on it. They're like, ah, eh, it's okay. She's okay. I guess he's all right. I guess like, I don't really want to get divorced, but I don't not really like loving the relationship. There's a lot of differences. There's some conflict. Like it's not great at all but it's not horrible enough for me to do anything about it. That's, that's camp number two. Camp number three is total and complete emotional and physical disconnect. These are two different people, two different individuals living two different lives. And the only reason they don't get divorced is for usually legal purposes, finances, or kids. And what they're basically waiting for is the kids to move out and then they're out. So if you really, really look at statistics, it's 10 to 12% of people that walk down the aisle, one out of 10 people, one out of 10 couples, give or take, can actually identify their relationship as going well. The common denominator that I was talking to you about was exactly how you perceive your relationship. It's how I perceive my relationship is I got to be proactive. This relationship is, you know, to, to quote Tommy boy, you're either growing or you're dying. There is no in between, right? <laughs> it's just like break pads, but it's true. You know, like you, you, you have kids. I have kids. You know, Jessica and I, you know, a handful of years ago, we weren't in the season of raising teenagers. Now we are. That changes the dynamic of any relationship. We're like, oh, we got to go about this a little differently. We got to grow together, right? We're also like older now. We're, we're in our 40s, which it's not necessarily old or anything, but this is a different season for us. So we've got to evolve into this, right? And that proactive approach to marriage is literally game changing. And let me give you a couple of examples. Yeah, Zach, how often do you get your oil changed? Oh, probably not as often as I should, maybe every few months. <laughs> okay, every few months. But do you wait to get your oil changed before smoke is bellowing out of your engine and the, the oil lights on and you can barely get from A to B? No. Of course not. Yeah. You have you have nice teeth. How often do you go to the dentist? Twice a year. Twice a year, six months, minimum once a year, right? Yeah. People who wait to ha have an oil change when their car is about ready to explode. That's what people do in their marriage. And th that's, that's where I think the perspective is off. I'm like, Hey, the more proactive you are, 
And the more that you grow together and learn together, I am a huge fan of marriage counseling. I don't look at counseling and I think, I think the game has changed a little bit with that as far as like the perspective on that. I remember growing up, if you were in counseling or your parents were in counseling, holy crap, you might as well be on Jerry Springer because your, your life is going to be just trash, right? But now I think everyone should have a counselor. And I'm not saying because you have problems, but because you want, you don't want to have problems, right? Either a mentor, a coach, a community or something, something where you are constantly learning, right? To, To grow together. That is the different perspective. So I would say a proactive approach is gold. And the thing that usually stands in our way of this proactive approach of getting help is our ego. We look at each other and be like, well, if we need help, does that mean we're broken? No, it doesn't mean you're broken. It means you want to grow together. Well, if we need help, does that mean we don't have the feeling of love anymore? You know, news news flash, right? Love is a verb, right? And the more action you take and intentionally love the other person, right? And this is the agreement that my wife and I have made a long time ago the more feeling of love will actually emerge because of the action that you're taking, right? To quote Tony Robbins, motion creates emotion. It's not necessarily the other way around. So if I'm sitting there like, oh, I just don't feel the feeling of love anymore with Jessica. We're just not in love anymore. But if I go write her a post-it note, tell her how beautiful she is, how much I love her, how much I'm thinking of her, and she comes up to me and kisses me and hugs me, I mean, come on, right? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that will create the feeling of love, but it takes an action to do those things. Yeah, I I think what you brought up is something that I've just observed too. I think why don't like kind of ask like as somebody that goes through and does it, you almost ask the questions like why don't more people do this? And I think just ego is one thing I I kind of see out there for specifically on the dad side where sometimes it's like seen as they don't want to be seen as a failure. It is interesting too, because so my background is, is in mental health and building mental health apps. And what I'd say is just, it's, it's not just a man and marriage counseling thing. I think just engaging with counselors and professionals, it it's, it's getting better with the emerging generation, but man, there's still a lot of just intimidation and just unknown about the whole speaking with other people about these sort of things. So I'm kind of curious if, if you've, um, as you, you kind of talk with dads in this area, um, it's kind of the message, like, listen, just, you need to do it, like suck it up. Or is, is there like a little bit of, listen, if you're not ready, here's maybe a good first step or something to kind of get them at least moving in the direction to start asking those questions, or um, maybe they're just not ready to have couples therapy, but they, they need to, they know they something's there. They just don't know what it is. So I'm curious if there's any tools that you found that are like help people get started on that journey, or if it's really like, listen, it's, it's just about jumping in with two feet and that, that tends to work best. Yeah. So, you know, I, great question. You know, it, I've been doing this now long enough that, you know, we've gotten so much feedback. I've been blessed to really stand toe to toe, nose to nose with so many different men and hear their stories and what they want. So I'll ask you this, you know, Zach, when it comes to fatherhood, what do you think when it comes to being a dad? And I ask a guy like, Hey, if you could sharpen or or improve one aspect of being a dad, what would it be? What would you tell me? For me personally, just having younger kids, it's it's just having grace as they kind of go through those early stages where there is no control. They're going to throw tinter tantrums like it's it's going to be crazy. And it's just always being almost 
have enough of my cup empty where I can be flexible to kind of absorb that craziness and still be with them and loving and not react to it. I think that for me is something at this stage of life, man, some days like kids get sick. I mean, everybody's screaming. It's just like, oh, so pa- patient, <laughs> but it's patience. like, as a dad, like you, you want to be the loving person yeah. that you don't want to kind of be the reactionary uh, adult to a child. You want to be a loving parent. And that that's one thing for me, I'm trying to work on this season of life as, as we're raising two young ones. Hundred percent. So patience, I'm guessing. Yes, patience. Lots yeah, and lots not, of patience on little sleep. <laughs> and, and let's take this a step further. You mentioned a beautiful word in there, which is grace, right? And you even mentioned the word, which is less reaction, right? Which you know we teach men how to be more resilient so they can respond versus react. There's two different types of patience. There's the internal patience, where we lose patience with ourselves because we don't know what to do and we might have an outburst and that kind of thing. And and then there's the external, it's the, it's whatever's challenging us, right? So it's men, men are like, and here's here's the good news about patience, right? Mm-hmm. Patience, when, when you've lost your patience and you've lost your temper, what's actually really happening is you don't know what the right next thing is. Yeah. And you're frustrated. You just don't know what to do. It's usually very little that it has something to do with what's challenging you externally, but it has more to do with, I don't know exactly what to do about this. I'm very frustrated and pissed off and we explode. So that's, that's the good news about patience is this patience is actually emotional resiliency. It's just bottled up and packaged and marketed just a little bit differently. So like, for instance, patience is actually a skill of resilience, right? It's like how much external stress can I take? And also what I'm dealing with internally to be more resilient in my response versus react. Right. And if you look at what they teach Navy SEALs, it's exactly that, how to be more physically, mentally, and emotionally tougher and resilient, right? That's why those guys can stay calm when they're under fire. They've been trained to do that. Mm -hmm. Last time I checked, most guys have never been trained how to do that. So we're, we have these knee jerk reactions all the time, right? So if you can learn how to be more resilient, there's so many different resources out there for that. You're going to become a more patient and graceful father. That's going to be less reactionary. Now let's segue into marriage. If I were to ask you, I mean, it sounds like you got a great relationship with your wife, but if I were to ask you like, Hey, when it comes to your marriage and if you could improve just one aspect of your marriage with your wife, what would that be for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think we're in a season now where we've, we've kind of gone through and done a lot of work where I think we haven't had a lot of like people kind of like we talked about before, like, you know what, like there's just not a lot that I would change with what we are. I think what we're trying to do right now as a couple that is kind of new is really more talking about what are our like long-term goals for our family. Um, I think much earlier in our relationship, we it just relationship between wife and husband, like that was something we focused on. But now it's like, as we grow as people and as our family grows, where do we want to be down the road? Um, I think for us, it's just like, making sure we're having those conversations um, early and just really being intentional about that. Because I think as our children grow, we're also growing individually and just making sure that we're connected as we go through those growth steps and just talking with each other about it. Like, Hey, listen, I first 10 years of our marriage, like this is something that I was believed very strongly in, but you know what now, like I, I'd like to get more into doing this fitness stuff. Like, will you partner with me in that? Cause it's going to be a shared stuff. And so I think that's for us, like just making sure we're having those longer conversations and, um, yeah. Yeah. So communication. Yeah. 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 
So, I mean, you, you said a lot in there and some key words, right? Connected, intentional conversations. And, you know, that that's what we want. So when I ask men that question, it's usually I want better communication. Now, here's the interesting thing. And again, this is all about perspective. I, I like to, one of the things that I like to do is literally just flip the script on what everyone else perceives, right, as normal. And it, if you really zoom out from it, you're like, man, that ain't so normal. Right. So think of it this way. Once we, once, once I ask a guy, like, what is it you, you want? And I've heard, I've heard a few different things, but I would say at least 80, 90% of the time it's communication. Some, some guys are just like, I want to have more sex. Right. Or I want us to get our finances in order. Or I, I want us to get on the same page with parenting, but it all boils down to how do we communicate with each other? Men and women have very different needs when it comes to relationships. You know, women need to be seen, heard, and safe. Right. Men need to be respected, appreciated, validated. So once we, and most people, have, most couples have no idea that those are the three needs of men and women, right? We're just guessing. Now, yeah. when it comes to communication, when I ask a guy, I'm like, well, when it comes to communication, what do you want? And this is what I always hear. I want to have better communication. And, or, or I hear this, I hear one of two things. I want more communication. And this is where I push back. And I'm like, well, if you had more communication, if you had more time to communicate, what would you talk about? Mm-hmm. And then you'll see them kind of start to do this. They're like, well, we would talk about like deep stuff or we would talk about like, you know, goals for the future or like you could tell like they've never actually said it out loud. Like they don't even really, they don't exactly know. They're trying to clarify it usually when they're talking to me. And then the same thing with, with better. I'm like, well, if you had better communication, what would that look like? And it's usually right around the same answer. Like we'd be talking about intimacy. We'd be talking about aligning parenting styles. We're talking about deep stuff. And I'm like, well, if you want to talk about deep stuff and that kind of thing, you have to create an environment of psychological safety with her. Do you know how to do that? And that's really like, what does that even mean? I was like, that's where both of you feel that you can tell each other anything. And in order to do that, you have to get several reps in, you know, to, to do those things. Like we teach 10 different skills in marriage and communication. So like, here's where I want to flip the perspective. You know, (laughs) my wife just took our minivan in to get fixed. Right. And she took it in there for an oil change and the dealership called her back and the dealership said, Hey, we found some problems. Now I'm sure you could probably guess that they gave us a laundry list of the problems and how to fix them. Right. Very specific. If the transmission fluid needs to be changed, they're not going to go change the rear tires, right? It's the transmission fluid. So they came back and they said, your two front tires are frayed. You need new brake pads on the front and the back. You need your transmission fluid flushed and you need that topped off. We're also changing your oil. Um, and your and my wife's the DVD player is broken. But they didn't answer her when she picked up the phone. They're like, hey, we need to improve the functionality of your car. And she and it's going to be $1,900. And she would probably be like, well, what the heck is wrong with it? Oh, it just needs to be functioning better. It just needs to be functioning more and better. And no one says that, you know, or, or you go to get blood work at your doctor's office and he's looking at you and he's like, all right, Zach, we got your blood work back. I need you to get in better health. And you're like, what's wrong? Like is high cholesterol? Do I have diabetes? Do I have cancer? Like what, what is it? Oh no, don't worry about that. Just get better in health. Well, does that mean I need to be more fit? Do I need to lose weight? Do I need to gain weight? Like do I have osteoporosis? What is it? Mm-hmm. Just getting better health. It's not specific. So once you really dial in, like what exactly is happening? And what's usually happening with communication is 
couples are talking about more like the high level managerial parenting chores, dinners, finances, like how do we keep this ship moving in the right direction type of high level managerial conversations yeah. versus like, man, sweetheart, I really want to take you out on a date. And I really want to talk about like how we can just deepen our relationship and love each other better and align on our parenting styles and, you know, how the, the good things that we're doing, you know, the things that we're going to stop doing that's not serving us, like all these very intimate conversations that we so desperately want. But quite frankly, we don't know exactly what that looks like. So, yeah. you know, we, I create, I'll, I'll finish up with this. I created a free resource uh, about a year ago called 25 Intimate Conversation Starters. And it is like the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, it's a 20 minute training on the psychology of why generative questions and intimate conversations starters work so well to deepen a relationship with trust and psychological safety and intimacy. Um, and I give you 25 questions that you can like literally just print off and start, you know, go to dinner with your wife and just start going through the questions. And it's a really cool, it's a really cool experience, but most people just, they haven't done that in so long. Yeah. And, that's, and that's just one thing that they just haven't experienced that good or better that they desperately want. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's those are all amazing points, and I, I think that resource is something that I'll I'll definitely go go be downloading and going and use. But I mean, it kind of brings up, um, and you kind of hit on this through there, where there's there is a lack of like understanding of the specifics. Like, it's not something like growing up you would have known about. This is the way you ask those questions, those sort of things. Like, I find you, those are things you have to be intentional about. And I think a lot of people have the desire, but. Um, there's maybe a little bit lack of inertia or lack of um, understanding about just where do you start? Um, so, I mean, obviously we'll come back to kind of maybe at the end of some of the other things people can find on the data edge, but I'm curious when you think of like where people are going to kind of equip themselves, like to challenge yourself, to think through things like the internet's a scary place. I mean, you can't going on Google, you're going to probably just stare at a blank white screen and be like, I just not only do I not know what to say, I don't even know what to ask. Um, so for like for us personally, early in our relationship, like we invested very heavily in like a church small group. And that really yeah. helped us like sharpen our relationship and understand what questions to ask, how to challenge ourselves. Most recently for some things around like finance, um, we even went to like social media. We found like there's some people out there that are sharing stuff out there on like, how do you create uh, generational finances and think about those things long term that I'm like, I got a finance degree, but like that is, that's not even like areas I've looked at. So um, when you kind of have a problem to solve or when you kind of come on as something new, um, like what are kind of your, your, the wells you go to, to say like, listen, I want to go get sharp on this. Like this is where I go to kind of just learn that new thing or challenge maybe something I've been doing the last 10 years and figure out it's not working anymore. What are other ways to do it? Um, what does that look like for you? I think that's really just taking a good look in the mirror. And I think you have to know, number one, where am I at? How did I get here? Right. Yeah. With whatever that is. Right. And most importantly, um, and this is, this is one of the coaching certifications I've been trained on is most people, what they want to do is they want to identify what's wrong, broken or missing. Yeah. And that's what we focus on. What's wrong, broken or missing. And I think that you need to do that probably in the very beginning, but it needs to be something that you do just really short, right? Because if you focus on what's wrong, broken, and missing, well, that's going to become the focus. Instead, these are the type of things that I think is really important. So like I always liked, you know, going back to training on generative questions, right? We also, quality of our life depends on the quality of questions we ask ourselves too. So like mm -hmm. for instance, 
we we do this a lot, like in our community, and I do this a lot, even with with guys that I'm in accountability with. Where right now, you know, we're about we're in the last quarter of the year, and we'll ask each other this question instead of saying, "Hey, what's wrong, broken, and fixed? What's wrong, broken, and missing right now? What do we need to fix?" Instead, we'll ask questions like this: "Hey, if we were celebrating on New Year's Eve this year, and we each held our glasses up." If we were all together and we were toasting to the amazing successes that we made this year, and especially in the last quarter, what would you be telling me we'd, we'd be celebrating? And what that does is instead of us psychologically focusing on what's wrong, broken, and missing, because quite frankly, that's really not that motivating. You know, mm -hmm. like, so if, for instance, if I focus on like, God bless, I'm fat and I'm overweight and I don't want to, I just don't want to be fat and overweight. Like that sucks. I want to be like, if I'm celebrating a fitness goal, I've lost 20 pounds and I can run five miles straight without taking a break. That's what I'd be celebrating. And guess what? That's a hell of a lot more motivating and it's a hell of a lot more inspiring than focusing on how out of shape I am right now. Because now what I'm going to do is I casted that vision. I'm going to go chase that. Mm -hmm. So I, I think like, so for instance, let's just take one of the things you're, you're talking about, generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. What you're thinking about is like, my gosh, like how can my wife and I, how can our family create generational wealth? Because you probably can envision your family in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, your kids, right? And you're just like, my gosh, like our family's actually set that we're celebrating the fact that we're not all tied to a job and obligations. Like we can actually spend beautiful family time together without, you know, feeling the need that we have to get back to our nine to five, right? Or yeah. something along those lines, right? It's those visions and images that cast out future future visions. That's super helpful. I, I think that's a great tool. Um, well, why don't we do that? I'd love to, um, you've kind of hit on it through there, some of the resources that you guys have kind of created on the data edge. I'm wondering, could you just kind of wrap things up, like share just a little bit more about for those that are interested to dive a little bit deeper, like what are some things that you all have kind of put out there that people could access um, some resources and other things? Yeah. So I've got, uh, well, I've got a few different things. Uh, so especially for marriage, I have two different free, uh, resources. One's called 21 days to an extraordinary marriage. That's just, um, it's just emails. Uh, and basically what I do in those, in that email is you know, a guy gets an email over 21 days, he'll get 15 emails in that email. I, I give you some, some very low hanging, easy challenges to go do with your wife. Right. One of them is generative questions. I literally give you like five generative questions and then a, a potential script that you can use with her to start the conversation, right? And it's like, hey, I want you to take your wife out on a date and it doesn't have to be a fancy dinner or anything. It can be a walk. And I want you to, I want you to begin the conversation with this and watch what happens. So that's one challenge of three. I also have the 25 intimate conversation starters. You can find it at dadedge.com forward slash 25 questions. It's a video training and you get a PDF. Um, I've got a course on creating more patience with your kids, both internally and externally, like we talked about. You can find that at thedadedge.com forward slash patience. Um, and I've got a whole DYI course on creating an extraordinary marriage where I, I teach you the actual 10 skills that I talked about. I, I briefed on a, on a few of them, but I teach you like these skills and they're all separated into each skill. So you can really conceptualize that's a video and every skill has a PDF with it. So you truly understand it. Um, and then of course we have our mastermind too. We have a group coaching environment, which in my personal opinion, um, I think the last statistic I looked were, you know, people that opt into like a free, you know, resource. I think it's like 
one percent of people actually even read it. Like it's they'll go sign up for it, but they'll never go do it. Yeah. Um, same thing. I think it's four percent of people actually finish an online course, but in a group coaching environment, that is what's going to move the needle in your life because you have fellowship, you have community, you have people holding you to a higher standard. You you're sharing. You're, you're learning through an experiential experience versus like, I'm just reading this or I'm learning it through this. So you can find that at the dadage.com forward slash alliance. That's awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you rocking through this. Sure. I mean, as we think of well-being, I think family, how to be a good husband, how to be a good parent, those things is something that, to your point, isn't something you win learning college. And so I think um, I just really appreciate it over the years, listening to podcasts, getting those resources and those learnings. And um, I, I know listeners are going to just get a lot out of this uh, this talk as well. So really appreciate you taking the time and kind of helping us walk through that. Appreciate you back, man. Thanks for having me.